What does I like this mean? <laughs> it's just in the middle of my notes and I don't know what the fuck it's talking about. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast where all the feelings are good and happy all the time, and no one is any sort of bitter whatsoever. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how, how you feel? You feeling bitter? I loved that final tribal. <laughs> did you really? I did. Okay. I, I genuinely did. We'll obviously get all the way into it, but it feels like the antithesis to the All-Stars final tribal in a good way. I, I want to hear what you have to say because I I think I, I shouldn't get into it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on. How, Steven, how's your week been? Good. I mean, we're both waking up. I I woke up a little dry this morning. Jared and I went out to a bar yesterday. We sure did. And we watched the Lions' first playoff win in the history of your lifetime. Shut up. We we yes, you're right. Uh, in 30 <laughs> years, more than that, uh, 33 years. Yeah, the Lions' first playoff win since 1991. Good for um, you. It was awesome. Yeah, we went to a Lions bar. I again, I'm not fine. a Lions fan. I've been there before, but it was better the other times I went there because the Lions weren't popular and it was chill. Yeah. And it wasn't negative 30 degrees wind chill. Yeah, it was super cold outside, which was part of the problem, but also the bar was packed. Like, we were in fire code violation, I guarantee. Do you want to tell the story or should I about how I lied to get you into the bar? You go ahead. This was your thing. All right. So I should Speaking of lying on Survivor. Listen, sometimes you just got to have a convenient lie. (laughs) So, a few hours before the Lions game, I showed up because I wanted to watch a little bit of the Packers-Cowboys game. I also knew that it was going to be really busy. So, I was like, I'll just get there a few hours early, like two and a half, three hours early. Watch that game, claim a spot, whatever. What I did not know is that they take reservations. (laughs) So, when I showed up, the back wasn't even open yet. And then all the tables had been long reserved. Fine. What I also didn't know was that they were going to eventually not let people in that didn't have reservations. But I had gotten in before that. So they can't kick me out. It's a public event. I'm already there. But they cannot let Steven in. That is true. Which they were planning to do. Which they're planning to do. I mean, they eventually, I think they let people who did not have reservations in. I think so, too. And there's also part of it's like, you can't make people wait outside. And there was not that space between, like, the bar and waiting outside. No, it was like... 10 feet of a hallway. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was worried Steven wasn't going to get in. So I went up to the bouncer and was like, hey, here's the deal. I've been here for a while. He was also here with me, but I am type 1 diabetic and I ran out of insulin. He has my insulin. Can you let him in? And like he lost his spot, but he lost his spot for a medical emergency. My... Listen, if the diabetes is going to kick me down, I should get to use it for my advantage sometimes, too. <laughs> and whenever, there, whether it's legitimate or, in this case, not. Not so legitimate. Not so legitimate. I was going to try to weasel my way out of it, but no, it's just a straight-up lie. But whether it's legitimate or, in this these rare cases where I do lie about my diabetes, it is so funny every time watching the person's face that has to make a decision that is not qu- equipped or trained to make the decision. <laughs> she was very flustered. She did not know what to do. 
I, I could see the train of thought that went through her head, which was, what does any of that mean? Okay, diabetes is real. He doesn't look diabetic. Wait, what does a diabetic look like? <laughs> Can I tell him no? Fuck it, I'm going to say yes. And it did feel really good to get to be like in a bar with a whole bunch of people between you and me and me just get to point at you in the crowd and go, come on in, man. That did, that did feel pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I walked past the, the people waiting and I did see the faces of, what? Why is he important? <laughs> What's going on here? It's a pretty baller move, I must say. It was pretty good. Yeah. Not the details of it, but the aesthetics of it were pretty baller. So good for you. You won the, you won the day on that one. And then the Lions won the day. Yep. And my reward for getting in was getting flicked off at the end of the game. And told, That was bullshit. Told, fuck you. That was bullshit. It was stupid of you to wear your Vikings jersey, yeah. but it, it was bullshit. I said it, and I said it to the people when I walked in. They're like, why the Vikings? I was like, I have to be true to myself. Just as I would say to you, if you guys, like, bandwagon to someone else or bandwagon to this team, like, that's not cool. Get on, get on like, own your team. Own the bad, own the yeah. good. Yeah. I think I wore my Lions jersey when we saw the Vikings-Bears game. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, no, those guys are assholes. Fuck them. <laughs> I wish they would have said more dumb shit sooner so I could have I know, got, right? I could have gotten to an argument every, with them. Every fan base has some bad apples. Let's just go with that. Call me the apple picker. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. We won't do that. I also won't do emails now because we will do that at the end of the episode if we have time. Uh, but... Otherwise, do you want to just get into it? We got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. What an episode. What an episode. What a finale. Let's do it. Bumper. All right. So this finale came out on December 12th and 13th of 2004. Again, likely because the reunion crossed over into midnight. And they, or maybe they have to put them on different days. It's weird that they do that, but whatever. Hey, midnight Eastern time. Yeah. Yeah. A couple things happened in the few days between episodes. I think it was only four days. Um, <laughs> this one is so ridiculous. Mary-Kate Olsen pledges that women sewing garments for her company in Bangladesh will be afforded legal maternity leave. <laughs> they can get out of the sweatshops for maternity leave. Also, legal maternity leave makes it sound like they Bangladesh has a law that she was just breaking. Which is wild because Mary-Kate Olsen is not very old at this time. N no, you're right because she was a child in the '90s, like yeah. in, in a show in the in Full House. She was probably in her early, like twenties. Yeah, wow. And she was already on a sweatshop with, with a business empire sweatshop. Wow. Uh, I, just in case, allegedly, I don't know if sweatshop is a derogatory term. Please don't sue us, Mary Kate. <laughs> it's yeah. It's I. I'm sure it was exactly what everybody else was doing. Yeah, like fix your shit fashion world i don't know anything about this but i liked this combination of words margaret Fay shaw american photographer folklorist and ethnomuseologist musicologist known for her work in the scottish brides dies at 101 i'll go look her up she seems cool i haven't gotten to yet i literally just pulled this now <laughs> and then former chilean dictator general augusto Pinochet. General Augusto Pinochet. Well, yes, literally, in this case. <laughs> Correct. Is put under house arrest after being sued under accusation over nine kidnapping actions and manslaughter. The house arrest is lifted the same day on appeal. Um, 
Um, if you have a few minutes and you and you like Wikipedia holes, just like go dig into what we did in Latin America in this like forties oh through the nineties, or maybe even till today. Yeah, it's a lot. It's fascinating. We destabilized the entire world. Yeah. Well, you know, we couldn't have socialism show that it's working. <laughs> no, no. Uh, number one song is still "Drop It Like It's Hot." The top five movies. For, I, I use the next week, but whatever. Blade Trinity, The Polar Express, Spanglish, Ocean's 12, and the movie we'll be talking about today at number one, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, yes. Okay. Before the, when you were looking this up, you said, oh, Jim Carrey was in that? And I'm like, well, that could be anything. Yeah, I felt comfortable saying that out loud because Jim Carrey was <laughs> in one-fifth of all movies created between the year 2000 and 2007. That is true. I did see this movie. I don't remember. I think I did. I loved the books. So I, they were like, that was like the one book, like one of those books I read in, in an, like in its entirety in one day. Mm. I loved it so much. Although I think I did that because I procrastinated a book report. Anyway, <laughs> the movie info. After the three young Baudelaire siblings are left orphaned by a fire in their mansion, they are carted off to live with their distant relative, Count Olaf, Jim Carrey. Unfortunately, Olaf is a cruel scheming man only after the inheritance that the eldest Baudelaire, I'm saying that wrong, Violet, Emily Browning, is set to receive. The children escape and find shelter with their quirky Uncle Monty, Bill Connolly, and subsequently their phobic Aunt jo uh, Josephine, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's in this? Yeah, Meryl right. Streep. The, the guy who's the uncle is, uh, he's the rat guy from Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Um, but Olaf is never far behind. What do you think this movie's rated on Rotten Tomatoes, Steven? So here's what I know, Jared, is this was the only series of unfortunate events movie. Correct. They did not continue down the line with more movies. I don't think it was even based on one of the books. I think they just took a bunch of shit from the books and slapped it into a movie. I think it was like the first two because it definitely had like this is supposed to be a series and oh, okay. didn't go any further with it. They also tried to redo it recently with Neil Patrick Harris. As a series. As a series. And the same thing happened where they got a chunk of the way through one season and then didn't go any further. Yeah, I so, saw the first episode. I didn't like it very much. I think this didn't rate very well. I think that this was, once again, kind of mid. So I'm going to go critic score of... 42 audience score of 34 i think what your words and what your percentages are, are off because a mid rating is between a six and an eight 60 to 80 percent i know so the audience score on this is 63 percent Okay. And the critic score is 72%. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised it didn't continue. I wonder if it just wasn't that great of a seller. Or, like, I wonder if this is one of those cases where the star power kind of fucked it over. Because it's like, you're going to pay Jim Carrey and Meryl Streep to do another <laughs> one of these movies? Yeah. Really? I That could be. is the The money they invested did not get the money in return. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need to just own up when I say mid and say 60s, because every single yeah. time I do that, it's in the 60s. It's true. Yeah, uh, remember, uh, uh, 
for a mid rating of something is not a five out of ten. It is a seven out of ten because getting a C is a seventy percent, and a fifty is failing. And I'm just old enough that I hear people say mid, and I'm like, that's an insult. I should feel insulted. That's pretty mid of you. <laughs> okay. Anything else? You know, it was not mid. What this episode? All right. Give me. Give me your overall impressions. I didn't even write the finale title. I just said finale. Same. I think it's uh, something in the final four. It's like spirits in the final four, like sure. tribal spirits in the final four. Give or me something. your vibes while I look that up. I. So this season to me, now that I've seen it in its entirety, first of all, it is it is sort of the perfect palate cleanser to all stars. Not something they could have planned for, but it kind of worked out that way. The beginning is a little boring. The mm-hmm. first few episodes, basically pre-merge of this season, is a little boring. It is kind of the anti-All-Stars in a lot of ways. All-Stars, I feel like, started out very exciting. And then you kind of know what's going to happen after the Lex betrayal. Like, it it doesn't feel like there's anything that's going to happen to really shake it up. You start Vanuatu. You get a few episodes in, and you're like... I think I kind of see where this is going. I, I think I know what's happening here. And then it surprises you. Although I still did get my winner pick right. Kind of, yeah. Not from the beginning, but from the merge. Yeah. I I kind of flip-flopped on Chris or Eliza. Um, but I Chris was my guy pick for a while. Like, it after, like once Brooke went home, I was like, okay, it's, if a guy wins, it's Chris. I didn't necessarily think a guy was going to win. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it just... There's something that's really interesting about casting a full group of people that were not prepared to play this game. And not physically or, like, knowledge of Survivor or anything like that. They were not emotionally ready for what it meant to play this game. And then to have sort of an unwilling set of villain slash anti-heroes as your final two is really, really cool. Because, like, sure, like, at the end of All-Stars, you have Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. And Boston Rob's repentant, but, like, eh. Like, Boston Rob's kind of like, yeah, I did that. Fuck you. <laughs> I feel bad about some of the things I did, but, like, and, like, I wish I would have played the game differently. But for Boston Rob, it was always the game, the game, the game, the game. Mm-hmm. Even at the end, he's like, it's a game. You all you all you all feel hurt and aggrieved, but that was in-game Boston Rob. Twyla gets to the end and says, I like it's like she snapped out of it. Like she gets the final tribal and she's suddenly like, oh my God, like uh, these are human beings. For a lot of very interesting reasons that we'll get to. But yeah. That's kind of my overall impressions. That's so interesting because I I feel like I don't agree. Why? Because the whole time post the the incident, which is really the big thing that a lot of people, except for Eliza, take issue with, she seems immediately like, oh, that was probably something I should not have done. And then it keeps getting brought up. And then she's like, just I stop. I know. I get it. But I kind of agree with her on that. Like, it's... They treat her like shit mm-hmm. for telling a lie. And, like, we have not held anyone that accountable. Like, sex crimes have happened live <laughs> on this show. Yeah. And those are swept under the rug. 
But Twyla continues to get beat up for a lie that was bad to make. And I think partially it's interesting to have somebody that is so abrasive but has the capacity to feel shame. Mm-hmm. Boston Rob does not feel shame. He might regret hurting people, but he doesn't feel shame by what he did. He stands by it. Johnny Fairplay does not have shame. <laughs> There's not a shameful bone in that man's body. You are correct, and I love him. It's, it, it works. It makes for a great villain. Twyla's not a villain. She's this weird kind of like anti-hero because she she can be pressured by that shame. It's also what makes her lose the game mm-hmm. because the show keeps the other contestants and Jeff keep beating her up over this lie because it gets at her. Yeah. Because it's effective. Because she can feel that shame. She, Twyla is so fascinating to me. I agree. And I, once we were watching this episode, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet at Twyla. Like, please, I would love to interview you. Please, like, come. Yeah, absolutely. Because she, I feel like, even more so than anybody else on that season, has so much, like, distance and can, like, so much to offer beyond what they showed. Yes. And I would not be surprised if they asked her back and she said no. And that is the first contestant outside of for, like, age or health reasons I could I could see that for. Except maybe, um, I mean, who was the final two in Pearl Islands besides Sandra? Who was the other, the, the girl, the Boy Scout leader? Oh. I lost her name. Why can't I think of her name? Well, that shows you how much of an impact she left. Shoot, I'm, I'm I could, losing like, my mind. Sure, she might never want to come on the show again, but she's one of the, the Twilight's one of the only people I could see being like, no, that game fucked me up mentally, and I'm not doing this again. Lillian. Lillian, Lil. thank you, Lil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had people turn it down. We, they've been trying to get Greg to come back for decades at this point. That's hilarious. And Greg's like, no. That That is hilarious. <laughs> So let's let's jump into the episode because there is a lot to talk about here. And real quick, a couple thoughts on the recap. Yes. Because it's a really long recap. It is. Twyla also is one of the people that looks almost exactly the same on day 39 as day one. Because that shocked me. Twyla is, was grizzled from the start. Twyla Correct. has battle scars. Twyla works her ass off. Twyla, as we found out in this episode or in the reunion, works seven days a week. Yeah. And... Three jobs, at least one of which we know is hard manual labor. Correct. Twyla's been doing Survivor for 30 years. <laughs> at least the, the physical part of it. Um, God, Mia was the worst. She was the <laughs> fucking worst. Um, when they're doing the walk with Mia, when they're doing the torch walk and like they have words for everyone, Mia's the first person that they don't give any words at all for, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. God, she was the worst. What I found interesting, and for me, I was like, I know why they do this. But they make a big show out of the spiritual stone that there was a storyline that just went nowhere Mm -hmm. for 12 episodes. Like, it was just there. It was maybe mentioned once in the middle of the season and then just nothing. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't give more reference to this stone if suddenly it's a big deal at the end. I wonder if the players forgot about it. They probably did. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chris is like, look around camp, like, what the fuck can I give as a sacrifice, I guess? Ah, yes. The three things that the game gave us. <laughs> I I also think the shot, we didn't talk about in the episode that it happened, but the shot of Twyla watching as Eliza and Chris talk in the hammock. 
objectively hilarious. I feel so bad that I didn't talk about that in the episode. Because it know. is. The whole scene is great where Eliza and Chris are just like there. Like, no, we're solid. Everything's and the great. camera, the camera looks at Twyla and then it zooms in on her like three times. It's like, hey, guys. The fuck? <laughs> I'm right. Pro tip for any future Survivor players. When you're talking to somebody about important information, look around you. Not something we should have to say, but it's come up in All-Stars and Vanuatu. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we we finished the recap. We get back to camp, and Eliza is hurt. Eliza's very hurt. It, it's hard for her having people betray me, and Chris is trying to talk her down. Like, no, it's it's part of the game. It's okay. And I'm sitting here thinking, I know that Eliza gets hurt post getting voted out and like how do you not see the writing on the wall after this last vote of julie what do you mean gets hurt post you mean gets her hurt at this vote and both this vote and when she's voted out like she is yeah yeah, okay furious yeah yeah. Yeah, of course like how do you not see okay i'm i'm in trouble i don't i go back and forth on whether getting rid of eliza was the right move at that final four. Certainly it's not the move I wanted. Uh-huh. The risk in that is, I don't believe Twyla. Twyla was going to take Scout every fucking time. Uh-huh. Absolutely. A hundred percent. There's no fucking way she was taking Chris. Now, if Chris wants to put the bet on himself to, to win that final three immunity challenge, I mean, that's not a bad bet. It's not a bad bet. But... You increase your odds. You increase your odds of going to the final two by keeping Eliza. Mm-hmm. You increase your odds of winning it all by voting out Eliza. So I think, in with that mindset, yeah, I guess voting out Eliza next was the right choice. It was the right move. Did it hurt his standing in the game? Yeah, probably. But you had a lot more to lose putting Eliza there. Because I think you're right. If Eliza gets to final two, I think she beats Chris. I think she can. I I don't know how she'd do at final tribal. And Chris's final tribal might be the best we've seen thus far. But she would have beaten the brakes off of him in the final tribal. Yeah. She she argues for... She's, she's going to school to argue for a living. <laughs> like, you cannot let her get to final two. At the same, and like, also, you're probably not going to get Scout and Twyla's vote if you betray them. So, yeah, I guess you kind of have to. It's it's a mixed bag at this point, and we don't we don't have to worry about that because it goes the way right it goes. But yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Eliza's getting fucking beat up by everyone on this season, though. Oh, and it continues in this scene where Twyla's like, "You don't deserve to be here. You just boil water." And Eliza does not back down. Is like, "Well, you don't either. <laughs> you jerk." Yeah, Eliza doing the Jervis strategy of, I don't do anything around camp to, to conserve energy for challenges. Yeah, that's interesting. Is she doesn't, like, deny it. She's like, no, I, I'm I'm good. I'm fine. I conserve energy. I want to win. Okay. She also says, like, I've who's won the most rewards of everyone out here? <laughs> that is funny. It's not helping your case, Eliza. It's, yeah, it's really not. It's if you said who won the most immunities, which wouldn't be true, so that's why she didn't say it. Like that's a more valid strategy. But you're just saying, "Ha, I don't work around camp, and I get rewarded for it." Yep. 
And then we throw around curses. This whole episode, we're throwing around curses. So many. So this, much bleeping. This is probably the most the most bleeping per episode I think we've seen yeah. ever. Yeah. I I really don't understand the Eliza hate and, like, everyone treating her like she's a dumb kid. She is. She seems very intelligent. It just seems like maybe she talks too much. And, again, lawyer. For this, Yeah. And for this particular group of people, or at least particular group of women, we don't know what the guy's opinions were on her. That seems to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. What What's interesting after this is Chris kind of brings her in to calm her down and is like, hey, we're solid. We're fine. Have I ever lied to you? And yes, the yesterday. Yeah. Eliza's like, no. And I'm like, but no, he did. I don't know what you're talking about, Eliza. Come on. Chris's game around Eliza and Julie specifically is so sloppy. It's real sloppy. Chris is a deserving winner. I don't think there's anybody that if you win Survivor, you're you're a deserving winner barring like crazy circumstances. And I don't think I, I will rank it when we get there, but I, I think Chris is probably pretty high on my list of winners. Okay. I won't fault you for that. But his treatment of those two are incredibly sloppy, and I think it has to do with his heart wanted him to go one way, and his mind wanted him to go another. Mm-hmm. And you got caught in the middle. And you get caught in the middle. This set of circumstances is, for Chris to get there and for Chris to win, is you can't replicate those. I mean, you can try to be the last person hanging on, but like, very rarely do people that hate each other end up in an alliance like this. Like, Eliza and Scout and Twyla, that alliance doesn't make any fucking sense. It was of necessity at the Correct. time. Correct. But even, like, the ones we've seen of necessity, usually the people in the alliance aren't screaming at each other how much they hate each other every night. Yep. Usually they can swallow their tongues. <laughs> so you can't replicate it. So it's hard to say whether or not, like, in a different scenario, Chris would be just as sloppy. Like if it's if he's in a line of people that don't actively hate each other, does he have those conversations? Does he just go with different people? Who knows? But like, why not have, why not make a decision earlier? Sit down with Julie and go, hey, I need to get rid of you, or hey, like the kind of thing we've or Eliza especially, like it's the kind of thing we've criticized people for in the past, but here I think is important. Because you know that they're not going to cross the line and go mm-hmm. work with Twyla and Scout. It's just not going to happen. Those women... Eliza hates them in the reunion. It is months later, and Eliza's like, I despise the two of them. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. And as unlikely as it is that things get pulled together, I will never advocate for telling someone they go home. For exactly what happened in this season is Amy was pretty much a shoe in like, hey, Chris is going home. Leanne was like, Chris is going home. And then suddenly it wasn't mostly because it wasn't Chris. We moved the vote to, to Eliza. Eliza and Eliza found out and was able to scramble. Wild that that Chris's fiance won Survivor. I know, right? <laughs> But that knowing that, oh, I am going home, pushed her into this unlikely alliance with people who hated her and saw it as a potential move. 
don't tell people they're going home, Jared. Sure. No, I do understand that. I, yes. It's just at that point in the game, I wonder. Eliza, or Chris is very lucky that Eliza and Julie hated Twilight that much. Like, he is, he almost burned a bridge there Mm -hmm. that he didn't need to burn, or at least don't promise them anything. And I do believe him when he said, each time I decided as I walked into the booth. Mm -hmm. I do believe him on that. I also think you have to make that decision before you walk into the booth. You absolutely do. And, but all it takes is for, uh, for Julie or Eliza to go up to one of those two ladies and say, Hey, I know you don't like me and I know you want me gone. However, Chris will do anything to win this game, and he's already proven it. And that whole jury l- rips him a new one because of it. Yeah, that's true. And like he won't—he won't take you. He won't take you. Like he—he he won't take me. Get. Well, he has to take somebody. He has to take somebody. But <laughs> you can absolutely play that up. And for some reason, Scout didn't care if it was her. Yeah, that we'll also, get there. That also was a thing that kind of threw everything. For a loop. That's what I'm saying. It's very unique set of circumstances that, like, normally I would never say you should tell somebody they're going home. And especially now that Hidden Immunities are coming in to play, I think, next season. You think next season? But I thought that last season. Sure. So, who's to say? <laughs> we'll just keep playing it up it's every next season. season. Yeah. But, Chris, you should have done that. Easy to play Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. So, we, pre-immunity challenge, Eliza's like, hey... I need immunity in this to feel safe, but if Chris wins, I feel pretty good about it. So, immunity challenge. We have a vertical maze. This is, there are 10 tiles scattered throughout a maze. You have to collect them, bring them to a board, untie them, and then solve a puzzle. Mm -hmm. It's it's a word puzzle that's two words. And, boy, could I I not think of a more difficult challenge for Scout. Yeah! Man, and I know you can't build challenges around what the physical limitations of one person. Oh, and that one is shot in a whole new location. Like this one was something that had been planned from day one oh, for they, sure. They probably had to build that for a long time. Yeah, maybe before they even got there. Maybe that's why some of the other challenges were a little sparse. <laughs> it it was really cool. What do you think of this challenge? I like it. Yeah, yeah. I one hundred percent. I think it's a great challenge. I think Chris's strategy was better than Twyla's. Twyla started low, so she got an early lead. Chris started high, so he fell behind a little bit early. But, like, you don't have as much energy at the end as you have at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So Twyla struggled to climb up top. Also, she really struggled with the words. Question. Do you think it is better for Chris to have lost this challenge? To, uh, specifically to Twyla. Because Scott was never going to win it. I don't think it's better for him if, if it's Eliza. Well, maybe it would be. Because then he could go to Eliza and say, "Hey, I, my hands are tied here. I don't, I can't go to rocks. That that's bad for me. No matter which way you cut it." Yeah, from a PR perspective, yeah, probably. From a game perspective, I think it gives Twilight more cred. Oh, to win immunity. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And like you said, I, I don't think it changed anything. I think the end result is the same, but I do think. Twyla stands a better chance if you're like, Twyla dominated the back half of this game. Well, it is weird that, you know, Johnny Fairplay talked about how much winning challenges, especially immunity challenges, meant on Early Survivor. Uh-huh. It doesn't get brought up in this final tribal at all. No. Nobody really dominated this season, though. 
I, I do also wonder if it has to do with age and gender. You're right that nobody dominated, but Chris did win more challenges than Twyla. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things like, yeah, you you beat the older lady at some physical challenges. We kind of expected that. Yeah, we're not going to give you kudos for that. Yeah. Yeah. But had it been reversed where Twyla goes on a run of, I win the final four, I win the final three, then suddenly you have something to say there. Like, Twyla, you know what? You played pretty, in their perspective, dirty, but you played hard the whole way. Like, maybe I give it to you. I want to give this challenge some cred. From a filming standpoint, this is a brilliant challenge. Yes. Everything is vertical. Everything is in front of them. They just have cameras probably in a line, and everyone is tagged up on someone. And then they have some within the maze, I'm sure, like portable cameras, but really, it's all there. Yeah, it's smart. My one hit is that those two red colors looked far too similar. Agreed. And there is no reason for that because the other two colors were wildly different. It was yellow, <laughs> black, and then two reddish colors. Like, just make it, I don't know. make Pink. It, yeah, make it a bright orange. Make it I, something. I think they just didn't want to make it too bright, any of the colors too bright, so that mm. you, could, you couldn't see them as easily. Sure. On the outside of the maze. Make it dark blue. Yeah, no, you're, you are 100% right. There is no reason for that. <laughs> and a little too... Maybe a little too, like, galaxy brain, but might have cost Twyla the challenge? Possibly. Like, she's the one that we see multiple times having to look back to confirm what color she is. Right. Because she had one. She, she I think had she orange. Had the orange. Yeah. Which was a very burnt orange. Although I don't remember what color Chris's was. He so. was yellow. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So he had a much... His popped out way better. Yeah. I'm a little I'm a little upset about that one. <laughs> Just poor, poor design on, on that, but everything else, fantastic. And... Yeah, we covered everything else in my notes there. Anything else about that challenge? Uh, I was worried that Twyla's ankle injury was going to make this hard for her, but it didn't seem to come out. No, it. I, I played up the ankle injury a little too much because yeah, I wanted you to feel like, oh, there's something there. <laughs> I just wrote on how the fuck is Scout supposed to do this? I don't know. She's not. <laughs> also, getting they got a little too cute with the answer to the puzzle. Final three. Final three. Okay. He, he solved it very quickly. Yeah, I mean, the puzzle wasn't the point. Like, obviously, the puzzle was not the point. It's not, but it's supposed to be the equalizer. And if the answer is so obvious, it's not an equalizer. It's just a hurdle. If you're Scout in uh-huh. this challenge, you know you cannot win. You start body blocking people. Like, you don't want Eliza to win, so you start, like, getting in her way. Play defense? Yeah. I would feel bad about that, and I think Scout would feel bad about that, too. Yeah, me too. But... It's it's something. See, I'm not a man of scruples when it comes to competition, Stephen. <laughs> scruples. I I like to model myself after Brendan Lee Mulligan in, from Dropout, <laughs> which is like, no, I will win. I I plan on winning. And what are the rules? Get... Okay, cool. I will follow those, but how can I bend them? How can I how can I use these to my advantage? Correct. Uh, fun aside, Stephen's uh, a friend of the show, Michaela. I almost said Stephen's spouse, but they know who Michaela is. Michaela's been on the on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, asked us today. Who would do better in Survivor, diabetes notwithstanding? <laughs> yeah. And both of us answered Stephen. Stephen tried to be, like, diplomatic about it, but that is the answer, right? Like, I I would be – I can't keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> I I would say some inflammatory shit. Like, see, I th- – I, I think I'd try to get – I think I'd also try to get too cute with strategy. Mm, everything is so situational. Yeah. And 
I think your personality and how you play games sometimes, like, ruthlessly play games works amazingly sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. It's it's the Boston Rob thing. If yeah. I'm ahead, no one will catch up. Yeah. The moment I fall behind, everyone can tell I'm floundering and that I'm tr- and that I will cut their Achilles tendon <laughs> if it means that I get to climb over their collapsing corpse. And I have the capacity to do that. I think my probably a little more even-keeled nature wins Against the mean more often. You also can keep a secret. I can. I cannot. I'm pretty good at keeping a secret. I can keep other people's secrets. But (laughs) my secrets? No. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I stick with my vote. I think me, but... I also think you. But I think you have capacity to win that game. As I said, Michaela, if if you could tag me in in times when you need somebody to pull off some really crazy bullshit Mm. and then tag me back out, (laughs) we would be unstoppable. I, and I hesitate to tell you this, there is a show called, on Peacock, called The Traitors, which is essentially werewolf, but... I'm signing us up now. (laughs) And here's why I hesitate, because they bring in reality TV stars, Ah. and one, like, there are... Uh, we're watching the first season right now, me and Michaela, or at least we started it today. And first season has two Survivor contestants. I won't watch it. Second season has just started and also has two Survivor contestants, one of which you've already seen in Sandra. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, like, it's it, it cuts out all of it, but it's just the – it's werewolf. It's – like make alliances, make people feel good, and then cut their throat, and they have no idea. <laughs> like that shit, you'd be great at. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Anyway, go check that out, everyone except for Jared. Jared, you can't watch. I'm so sorry. Rats. <laughs> and also, don't look up the cast because there is someone coming from next season. Oh, cool. Yeah, on season one of the Traders. No, I'm not going to. Because, like, for all I know, sure, I've seen Sandra, but they could. Sandra comes back, and if they say survive, if they say like one time survivor winner, or if they say two time survivor winner, like right. I'm gonna know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, also, yeah, from the person who is on season one of the Traders is on our next season of Survivor. Yeah, that's what you said, Survivor Palau. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> we have hugs around camp. After the challenge, everyone's everyone's feeling good. Like, oh, we did it. Chris is once again playing double duty. Yeah. Like a having lot- to pretend all day without having made up your mind. Exhausting. Would, it would be so fucking exhausting. I. Ugh. It's a lot because he's he's going around like Eliza. We're we're good. We're solid. When Eliza leaves camp, he's literally giving hugs to Scout and Twyla, saying, "We did it. We did it. We did it. Hooray." That. Oh, man, it's so much. And really, I think his biggest play here was saying to Twyla, like, don't let don't take people's crap at tribal council. Like, just give some honest answers like they're going to. No, no, no. In this one, this is for for Twyla in this one. He was like, give it like 20 minutes and then start gloating at Eliza. Mm. And this is the first time we get any insight that anybody sees Chris for what he is doing uh-huh. where we have a confessional trial being like, I know, I know what he's doing. He wants exactly me to gloat because it makes me look worse to the other, to like, I mean, how much worse can she look to Eliza to be honest? Yeah. But like makes you look worse for the jury 
And then, like, he's going to get more votes if we get to final two. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And she knows it. Yeah. But she can't help herself sometimes. And that is the beauty of Twyla. Yeah. Yeah. Although, she doesn't really gloat. She doesn't gloat. No, this one, I don't think she falls for it nearly as much as the final two tribal. I don't think Twilight's performance was bad at Final Two, and we'll talk about that. I don't think so either, but she definitely fell for what Chris was feeding her. We'll, we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Yep. So, uh, Eliza's kind of scrambling a little bit. She's, I think she sees it, but she's also not willing to see it. Because she goes to Scout, and she's like, hey, what would you do to give uh, Twilight the boot? Like, I'd rather see you, as in talking to Scout... And Chris in the final two, then Twyla. Yeah, it's never going to work. It's never going to work, but she shot her shot. And then the final confessional right before can- or before tribal, Chris, no loyalty, no trust, just getting yourself to the next step. Correct. Correct. Uh, Eliza's like, keep me around, maybe? Reminded yeah. me of Amber when she was on the other tribe. It was like, get on your hands yeah. and knees. Because it, it's like, I'm saying this, but like. Ah, we really, we know what's going on here. Get yourself to the next vote. Chris said it exactly well, right. At the final four, though, there's there's only so much Eliza can do. Get yourself to the next vote. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. And we get to tribal. <laughs> we we kind of praised Chris for a little bit. I've never seen you so excited about this. I got yeah, off to it. he won immunity. Yeah, great. The final four. Like, of course. And then we immediately flip it around. You got off to a terrible start in this game. Like, you were awful in the first challenge. So, yay for you now. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> and Eliza kind of doubles down. She's like, I'm, if, if it's not me, I'm glad it's Chris. I'm glad that, like, he's in a spot of power because it makes me feel a little bit better about my chances tonight. I mean, th- that was her best shot. Yeah. It didn't work. But, like, if it's not her, that is her best shot. Yeah. And then we kind of steer toward Twyla where it's like, hey, this is the first night where I feel she says at ease and then says, but also my bag is packed here. Like I whatever happens tonight happens. That's how you should play Survivor. And like, I feel good about that. I feel good about how I got here. And then also there's my bag. I'm ready to go if it happens. And. Also talks about how she made some major mistakes in the game. In the game, once again, they're bringing up the the sun thing, and they just keep I just, drilling it. I just don't care by this point. Yeah, I'm over it. They overuse this plotline. They sure do, and the jury does too. And it's like she has said the same answer every time. Mm-hmm. What do you want from her at this point? Like you've made up your mind. She's not going to change her mind. And, like, it's not even that she needs to. Like, she straight up says, like, shouldn't have done it. I did it. It was a mm-hmm. bad idea. Shouldn't have done it. Regret e- it. Even if the jury is sour grapes about it, I think you cut the footage out of the last two episodes of where it was a problem and then bring it back just from an interest standpoint because there was so much about it where I, as an audience member, just get tired of it. Yeah, and I think part of the problem is it's really the only thing – that you can bring up about Twyla mm. that isn't about her personality. Sure. You you can bring up that, hey, Twyla, you're a little rough around the edges. You're a little, you know, you're a little abrasive. You, you, you say it like it is, although sometimes that's just being an asshole. Yeah. You're really harsh on everyone around you, but she's going to get defensive about those things. Yep. Or she's just going to say, yep, cool. 
But since this is something, since she can feel shame, and this is something that evokes that shame and puts her on the back foot, and it's the only thing, they just keep using it. But I'm tired of seeing it. Yeah, it's tough. And they kind of build up Chris one more time, where he's like, hey, you have relationships with all three of these women. Like, what are you going to do? And he's like, yeah, it's time to play the game. Like, it's time for me to play the game personally. And that's we, when I knew Eliza was going home. And then we vote and Eliza's out. Yeah. And Eliza stares daggers at Chris. That stare. It, Holy shit. Oh, man. It looked like she was about ready to get up and throw hands. I, if I was reading Twyla's mind, or if I was reading Eliza's mind, in that moment, it was, what can I do to punish him right now? Mm-hmm. What is not going to get me in trouble? <laughs> and she came up blank, and so she left. But I think that entire stare was, what am I allowed to do to him? How do I get my paycheck and Can also I? get revenge? If if I slap him, <laughs> do they take away my pay? Yes, is the answer. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> don't assault contestants. But, Please don't. But she was considering it. I think she was considering it. Yeah. So Eliza's gone. Eliza, how do you think Eliza does in Future Survivor? She's so loud. <laughs> she talks so much. Um, and she's a threat. I don't know how much. It is genuinely hard to parse how much of the women trying to get rid of her was because they didn't like her mm-hmm. versus she is a threat. Because I think that is different for each woman, each woman in that alliance. For Scout and Twilight, I think they genuinely just don't like her. <laughs> for like Amy, Leanne, Lisa. Because like every woman at some point in this season was like, Hey, we gotta get rid of Eliza. And she made the final four. She's a threat. And everyone knew that from day one. I could very easily see her going home early, but I think in a season that isn't gender divided, she has a better shot. Okay. She seems to get along with the men better than the women. She it seems like she got along well enough with like Sarge and um Whoever, Chad, and I don't remember whoever else she was on. A, a, like, I never saw her have, like, a disagreement with any of the men. None of the men ever targeted her until Chris had to vote her off. Right. So, with that in mind, I think more often than not, she's an early boot because she's dangerous. But if she can get into the right alliance and manage her threat a little bit, she can be a winner like if if she gets to a final two i don't think there's any person we've seen that can beat her in a final two but i don't i think she's too transparent to get there Mm. so i think most of the time she is an she is a pre-merge boot unfortunately okay well, good news. You're going to get a chance to find out. I know. She is coming back in Micronesia. Oh, Micronesia. Okay. Yep, so, oh, with Amy. Uh-huh. Cool. So you get a little bit of a, oh, this is, we're doing this again. Good. Yeah. I mean, she deserves to come back. She's good TV. And if she can somehow learn to manage her threat, which is hard because her threat is that she's smart. Like, it's hard to convince people that you're not smart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh- her... And what she's in school for does her a massive disservice for making it to the final two. That That is true. But 
I'm excited. I hope that she finds the right alliance and can exceed my expectations because okay. I expect her not to make the merge in Micronesia. I had to double check. She did get targeted by the by the guys like in one of those early votes with the one where Chad goes home. She was targeted by the guys. Gotcha. Okay. That still feels to me like, though, it's because, like, hey, she's the one that women want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Jump on it. Not because, like, hey, we don't like Eliza. I think that's fair. So then we, we go back to camp. We pile on Eliza. My God, do we pile on Eliza. Can we just Eliza. leave this poor woman alone? Kick her. Just the, the dead corpse of Eliza we're just stomping on. God. And <laughs> Scout is such a hypocrite, too. <laughs> she is such a fucking hypocrite. We'll get to it later. It's it's something she says in the reunion. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, there is a God. She's gone. We have silence, finally. And yeah, we, we do that for a little too long. And then Jeff shows up at camp. Yeah, I don't really understand. Like, I, sure, if they want to, if, if they've been, whatever, Scout and Twilight had their beef. They won after 38 days. Why am I hearing it for another five minutes? Yeah. Do you have any other content to put in this episode? It's a jam-packed episode. It's a jam-packed episode, but they also put a lot of filler in. Yeah, that's true. It, anyway, Jeff shows up at camp. And it suddenly gets my attention. Jeff loves his squat. What? He loves, hey guys, how are you doing? Squat down in place. Come come here. Bring it huh. in. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Maybe Jeff used to work with animals. <laughs> he, he, he does it in situations where he's close to them. If it's a situation like an immunity challenge, he'll never do that because oh, yeah. he's standing far away. But if he's close with people... He loves his squat. That would look fucking weird if you squatted somebody 10 feet away from you. (laughs) Hey, guys, remember the story I told you of Roy Mata about how we buried him and all of his uh, compatriots alive? Yeah, let's go defy their sacred burial grounds with torches. It's the most sacred area uh, in all Vanuatu. Let's go there. And we've made it a tourist attraction for the three of you. (laughs) Yeah. They, he says, take things to offer as tribute to the actual grave of Roy Mata, and we're gonna you're gonna paddle over there. You're gonna pick up the torches of everybody else. It's the island that's been right across the way. Yeah. this entire time. It's right over there. You see it. Great. Imagine if they hadn't picked the other. If they hadn't picked this beach after immunity, maybe the other island was like on the other side of that yeah, one or I, something. I think that that was in play, and they they knew like this is. We want to go there. Yeah. So they, yeah, they, they paddle over. They do that. There is, I don't know. They they do the walk of shame. Anything you like from the walk of shame? Sarge discovered young people aren't Satan. <laughs> uh, that's a cool discovery, I guess. My downfall was I put trust in age over character. There are some people who had great character who were young, Which, weird. To give him the benefit of the doubt... That is very military. And we learn in the reunion that he spent 18 years in the military. That's a lot of time in the military. I did not realize it was that long. And age and rank are are at least a little synonymous in the military. Like, the longer you're in, the higher your rank, unless except for, like, officers. For the most school, part. Whatever, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But more likely than not. So, okay, benefit of out there, fine, whatever. Um, I did love the cinematography when Julie was talking about like what to expose and what not to expose as they showed the shot of her naked for the guys like sun tanning to mm-hmm. use to 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 use that part of her game. Yeah, good editing on their part. I appreciated that one 
more than I appreciated the Amy shot of just like straight yeah. cleavage. Like the the Julie one was telling a narrative. Yes, and it was funny. Although for some reason with Amy, it bothers me less than previous contestants. Okay, and I I can't quite place why. I don't know if it's just because Amy is like so unapologetic and strong about who she is and like also like she wore the same bathing suit the entire season it's not like they selectively chose like when she was in a specific like because you know people have different outfits like they bring a couple sets of clothes yes um or like a shower scene like it just felt like one but it also but then it was like slow motion water i was a little bit like that seems too much you're right in that she never played up for the camera like it was just her but the camera played it up for the audience yeah and i think that's what got me Mm. yeah that's fair um yeah i think those were the funny ones those were and brady saying i shouldn't have climbed that dang pole i don't think that's what hurt you my guy (laughs) i don't think that's what did it shouldn't have done it okay so then they get to the gravesite. we give the two chief staffs back from the when you were picking tribes Mm mm-hmm and, and the rock and the rock we brought back the rock remember that thing that we talked about once that's so important i guess that was good luck and then absolutely decimated the tribe that won it i mean that's a pretty good analogy for how survival survivor handles the native populations of the people that of the places that they go to when they decide to highlight them right is it's a spectacle for an episode mm-hmm. and then it's forgotten about until it's convenient again yeah what else do you think they could have given other than the three things that were actually yeah. provided by the show I that know. were kind of tribal. Hilarious. Um, I mean, maybe personal items. I don't know what their personal items were for the three of them, but that feels important. Um, I don't know if they'd be allowed to give their buffs. Probably not. Probably not. Maybe by that point in the show. I don't know. Um, I kind of wanted Chris to give the immunity idol. The muni necklace, but for sure they would not let them they do that. They would absolutely not do 100% that. 100% not let them do no. that. Those are the only things I could really think of. Yeah. They're really, the the answer was unfortunately very obvious. Like, give these three things because, I don't know, you could get so creative with it. Yeah, I mean, they were obvious if you remembered those three things existed. <laughs> Honestly, when they were carrying the stabs, I forgot what those stabs were. I just thought that Scout needed a cane and Twyla brought one too. Like, that's I, I couldn't <laughs> figure out why they had them. Yeah. So then we get into the immunity challenge, and to tip my hat as far as I can, I love this challenge. Me too, although I want to say one more thing. Between that and the immunity challenge, Scout has actually some pretty nice words. Oh, go on. Talking about, like, I was walking. Now, okay, wait. Before I get to that, should the show do, uh, like, their memorial walk on what we're led to believe is, like, sacred burial grounds no no i really hope that they were playing it up for the audience god i hope so but even still it either way that's that option sucks and it's the better option yeah the fact that they were like no one goes there to this day as an answer to the trivia question uh he said uh for for a few hundred years okay now it seems like people might go there at least for like pay respects like it's a pilgrimage i don't know that was unclear Scout has some nice words. Scout did not choose to be there. I want to... <laughs> she did not arrange this tour of their burial ground, so I want to give her some benefit of the doubt. Um, she's, like, walking where 
you know, the indigenous people did so many hundreds of years ago, feeling this history, respect for the land, all of that. And I was like, good on you, Scout. Yeah. You're awful, <laughs> but good on you. I do also appreciate that the everyone who was when Jeff came to be like, you're going over there. And they were like, yeah, we figured. I imagine you're on that beach and you're watching boat after boat go that direction and you're hearing hammering noises in that direction while they're putting <laughs> put, they're putting the challenge together. You're like, yeah, of course we're going over there. We know. Huh. I wonder what all those fucking speedboats are doing. <laughs> Weird, huh? Yeah. So anyway, my favorite final three challenge thus far. Yo, this is fucking cool. They are, this shit slaps. They're standing on a platform with two posts like slightly raised in barefoot holding a bow and arrow you pull back the bow and arrow and it's locked into position with a little paper target at the end if you poke the paper target or you step off you're out i want to give them credit all three of them credit too even though the bow looked like it could not fire they all had good trigger discipline none of them pointed that bow at anyone that we could see there was a moment at the very beginning because scout was in the middle where scout was pointing it in closer to Chris than I would have liked. Yeah. But it did seem like, okay, we're fine. But still, for three random people just given a bow and arrow, good on you. And I think that's more on the the production team. Yeah. They should have turned Scout forward. Probably. Because then you have two people facing out and then Scout facing forward. Yeah. But whatever. Whatever. Yeah, Scout goes down first. And I, I, she put up a better fight than I thought she would. Yeah, and beautiful scenery on this, by the way. Oh, this gorgeous. Is a, a, oh, they found a really good spot outside of the fact that it's a sacred burial ground. Mm -hmm. To put it, like, over the ocean and the rocks and all of that, we're going to pretend it's, in a, it's not where it is yeah. as far as that goes. Yeah. Scout goes down, and then immediately Chris is like, so let's make a deal, right? Well, they already, in his mind, they already have a deal. Yep. So it's, just step down. It's the non- Romantic version of Rob and Amber in the at the final two challenge mm -hmm. last season. Cool. Well, we're good. So step down. Yep. Step down, Twyla. But you step down. No. Okay. I don't think Twyla was taking Chris. I I don't think so either. I don't believe for a fucking second that Twyla was taking Chris. <laughs> and Scout does not help that case. I think in this one scenario, we might get a situation where Twyla would take Chris if Chris stepped down to do it. I don't think so. I think if she says, and with all the hubbub about her word and lying, yeah. if she says, oh. you step down, I'll take you, then I think she would have. That's true. Maybe. May yeah, that could be a good redemption point of like, I learned my lesson. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And I also don't think Scout... 100% like was rooting for Twyla for Scout to go to the final two. Mm -hmm. I think Scout was just rooting for Twyla because Scout likes Twyla. Yes. I don't think she thought about the ramifications of that. Like, I don't think she was like, come on, Twyla wins, so you'll take me. Like, at this point, I don't think Scout, and I think she basically tells us, she doesn't care if she wins. Yeah. And Chris makes a big hubbub about the Scout cheering on Twyla. That's a big deal. It is. But he's like, I don't feel comfortable with this. I feel so unsecure in my final two that it almost like sends Twyla home. And honestly, probably should have. It should have. And had Scout played it in a different way. Had Scout played it at all. Could have sent Twyla home easily. Yeah. I, I, the banter between Twyla and Chris, 
legendary. It was pretty great. This, it, like, Twilight being like, ah, love that sun, and Chris being like, yep, reminds me of the paver back home. Like, <laughs> ah, just feels like I'm back on the job site. Also, the way he said, sweet! <laughs> Iconic. Can we sit here and acknowledge that we have two highway construction workers in this duel to the end that's pretty cool it's pretty cool like not unlikely because they both work like work with their bodies but still unlikely to have made it to this point in the game yeah yeah people definitely look down on the two of them as just lowly construction workers well neither of them are necessarily physical beasts at the challenges now mind you they're in a season full of people that are not physical beasts at the challenges yeah, we kind of got rid of the physical beast pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so an hour and what is it? Hour and three minutes in, Twyla loses balance. There was a point too where Chris almost lost balance. Uh-huh. It was so stressful to watch. This I was on the edge of my seat for the two of like their duel. Yep. More so than I think any other season. And that's why I think this challenge is really cool. Cause it it does have the element of, like, yes, you're standing on a thing, you're kind of precarious, and that has shown up before, but it also has that element of your hands in this really uncomfortable position. Yeah, so what is more entertaining as a viewer, Stephen? Amber accidentally taking her hand off of the idol because she was trying to, like, she was trying to show something, or, like... Twyla fighting to the end and then the arrow piercing the paper because she loses her footing. Like, that answer's obvious. A physical visual cue saying you lost is unbelievably more effective than, oh, you took your hand off. Yeah. This slight moment of nothing. And I feel like this bridges the gap really well between Thailand, which was the twi- the Thailand final three that was like I love that one. four minutes. Yeah. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Yeah. Versus the ones that go seven hours. But that scenery is iconic. Well, yeah. it's a, the, the scene is beautiful. It lasts for four minutes. It's, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let's paddle into this super hot cave. Hold in a prisoner squat. Oh, it's over? Shit. <laughs> Jeff was hardly done explaining the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we get back to camp, and Chris is still pretty peeved that Twyla just didn't step down, and Scout was cheering her on. So... Chris goes to Scout and was like, hey, did you and Twyla have a deal to go to Final Two? And Scout comes clean. Yeah. Scout's like, actually, we didn't. I also was kind of surprised they didn't. I Yeah, I am too. Scout kind of mentioned it when she voted for Twyla. She's like, the unspoken alliance. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Cool. Scout's but, a weird player, man. Scout is a weird player. And it's hard to lock down her motives a lot of the time. Because she she comes and goes with how morally high ground she wants to be. I don't feel like Scout came to Survivor to win Survivor. I feel like Scout came to Survivor to make sure the people she didn't like lost Survivor. Hmm. She did not care if she won. <laughs> she needed Eliza to lose. Well, she did that. Yeah, she did do that. <laughs> but yeah, Scout is honest she's like no we had a final four deal but we did not have a final two and chris is like wow she was telling the truth this whole time and she has no reason to tell the truth this is also where chris is kind of sloppy i mean maybe chris wanted scout to say yes Mm -hmm. oh he wanted a reason to get rid of twyla i yeah i think so too but 
like there's no reason why a scout should like not say yes. Mm-hmm. Talk me through a final tribal council of Chris and Scout. Ooh. Because I don't know if it gets better for Chris or worse for Chris. I think it's much better for Chris. Really? Well, the one thing I would worry about is Scout was the only one that effectively called him out. And if she's the other person there answering questions, I guess she could do that much more often. Mm -hmm. But Scout's also condescending as hell. Oh, no. She would absolutely get ripped at Final Tribal Council. But would she do a better job than Twyla? I don't think Twyla did a bad job. So I also yes, don't. I think Scout would do a worse job. Okay. I think Scout would be very much holier than thou on her high horse the entire time. Okay. So we get to second tribal, and honestly, there's not a whole lot in this second tribal that I want to pull out. Yeah. It's pretty, like, get to the point, and Scout's laying down and dying. Yeah. Yeah, Scout is like, cool, I've accomplished what I came to accomplish. I actually don't really want a million dollars. Cool, thanks, bye. I have have made a lot of friends. I've made a lot of enemies. But at this point, you know what? I feel good about getting third place. And you're like, well, okay, then I guess you're going to get third place. That's... Scout befuddles me. I, I also am befuddled by Scout. And Scout is simultaneously good and bad for reality television. Yes, Scout in a vacuum is horrible for reality television. <laughs> Scout with someone that's her ally and someone to fight against is all right. Yeah. She cannot be the focus. I think the more people there are in the game, the better it is to have Scout there. Okay. As the numbers start dwindling down, it's... Scout gets too much <laughs> camera time. Well, we didn't expect Scout to make it this far. So... I don't think Scout expected Scout to make it this far. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah, I like I said that that's the big thing for me. Twyla, meanwhile, is like I don't want to settle for third. I I don't feel good about third. I'm, yeah, I want to make it to the final two. Good, and she does. And she does. Yeah, uh, Scout goes home. How do you think Scout does in Future Survivor? Terrible. Yeah, this is. Abs- She's. I I truly believe she was cast to be an early vote. Like she was cast to take the place of Dolly. <laughs> Uh, she's not made for Survivor, man. She's She doesn't like to lie to people, except she does. She is a massive hypocrite. She seems to rub people the wrong way. It seems like the reason she stayed around so long is because nobody like thought she was a threat. I thought she was leading the alliance in the early season, but that's what the show wanted us to think and seems to have not been the case. So I'm not really sure why she was around at all. You know what? Scout was Scout, and I, I, I don't have anything else to say about that. Scout did not evolve or grow one iota over the course of this season. Yeah, we just kind of learned more about who Scout was as we went. The best thing I can say about Scout is that she is... Like, I'm going to be, like, the nicest possible version of myself to Scout, right? Um, she is, at least on the show, out, proud, older lesbian woman. That is not easy to do from the years of 1980-whatever to 2004. Like, that is a society that rejects you. And she said, no, I'm going to take my wife and go live on a ranch in rural Oklahoma, actually. And we're going to make a cute little life for ourselves. And for that... 
Good for you, Scout. I don't know why you're on my TV. You want to know what's real funny? What? Uh, Just the headline of her quarantine questionnaire. Scout Cloud Lee says Survivor has gone soft over the years. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Scout going full boomer. Of course she did. God, I hate boomers. Yeah, and I'm not going to read this whole thing. I'll just read, like, a little bit of the, the, like, introductory paragraph of where she survived cancer, bankruptcy, divorce, car wrecks, and horse bucks. So she's less impressed with the conditions contestants have have to endure these days. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A hard worker, even with her bum knee, Scout worked hard in the social and strategic aspects of the game as no, well. No, she didn't. Forming an early alliance to keep her safe and then siding with her adversary turned temporary ally, Eliza, to completely flip the game. And Twyla did Amy. that. <laughs> also, how different would the game be if Amy had not won that immunity challenge when Leanne went home? Like, we now heard it at the reunion as well. Like, Amy was not supposed, or uh, Leanne was not supposed to be the target. Uh-huh. Amy was supposed to be the target. Correct. Do does Chris go home the next week if I think Leanne's so. the one voted off, or if Amy's the one voted off instead of Leanne? I think so. I think so too. So many things had to fall right for Chris to win this season. It is kind of insane, and yet it does. Yeah. So we we do that. We have a little bit of the morning before final tribal council stuff, like where it's the last time we're ever going to eat manioc. Thank God. Chris has a confessional here that I think every single Survivor player should have to watch like 30 times on loop. Talk to me about it. He says, wow, I really expected this last day to be like retrospective and like me to have all these feelings. But no, I'm still playing. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking play. Yeah. Like I have seen of the season Survivor I've seen, which at this point is nine plus you know i saw 40 so like 11 seasons of survivor with 41 42 i guess david and goliath uh 40 or uh whatever i've never heard someone have that mentality you can see it sometimes but the number of people that i've seen get to final tribal and have no idea what the case is for their path to win is too damn high yeah you have a full day where you have nothing to do but sit and think. Sure, take your time, reminisce. But if you're walking into that final tribal council without a fucking strategy, you are insane. You have already lost. Yes. Yeah. And give him credit for that. He absolutely does. Does he Does he do well with his strategy? Yes. I he, I think he's hit or miss. I Well, okay. We'll, we'll get to it piece by piece. I think that... What's so interesting about everyone on this season, but Chris and Twyla especially, and I've already talked about with Twyla, but these are people that were not made to play this game. No. Chris is in a position to be a Machiavellian manipulator, and that is not who he is. So at times when he can tap into something genuine, and I think what people forget and what gets brought up actually at the end of the season that's very important is like, yeah, you you are around these people 24-7. If you are being a phony, they can sense that. Mm-hmm. Whether they act on it, another story, but I think more often than not, they will. So with some of his answers, which, I mean, we'll, we'll get to more granular details, some of the answers he really hits because it is it is truth. It, it is 
it's the convenient part of the truth. Mm-hmm. It might not be the whole truth, but it's the convenient part of the truth. And some of them are complete, as Scott would call it, bullshit. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing here that I think is important is that he continues to rile up Twyla. Yeah. And says, don't take the jury's bullshit. Like, don't take their crap. Stand your ground. And, like, I will also do that. Like, we need to team up here and If push I'm back. Twyla, I would call him out at that at Final Tribal. Yeah. Like, once, once, because I think there's a moment where you can see that Twyla realizes she's been bait and switched. Yep. Like, after that first answer. And that's just not who Twyla is. But a better player calls you out for that. I agree. I absolutely agree. So we, yeah, we, we get to final tribal council. Oh, and they broke the hammock. That was funny. Oh, too. that was pretty funny. That was, that was a good time. I did write down at this point, because I think it's important for what I'm going to talk about next. Twyla is not going to do well at this final jury. And I referenced the point of like, uh, yeah, you got had screw you. Mm-hmm. But I think she does better than I expected. I agree. So final tribal council happens and Opening opening statements is I don't know kind of kind of meh like n- neither of them were amazing at their opening statements. Chris is like I deserve to win. Chris's opening statement might be I don't remember everyone's opening statements, but it it was such a wet fart. It was pretty. It was it pretty. It was weak. nothing. Yeah, I he he did talk a lot about nothing. Like it was he didn't. It was also very short though. It was pretty short. I. I part of me does wonder, and I if this is the case, then I will give him his kudos. If part of that was the strategy of like waiting for Twyla to get riled up mm-hmm. because he had just talked about, hey, you know, don't you know, don't let them give you shit, all of that. Like if he didn't want to show his hand, but he's playing to not lose. I I'm thinking that that might even be a little too cute. Like I I think that I I think I'm overthinking that, and he's just full of shit. Like I think that that <laughs> opening statement was terrible. It was pretty bad. It it boiled down to is I overcame the the worst odds and now I'm here. Yeah. Cool. And during that during Jeff's explanation of it or maybe Chris's speech, they did Amy and Leanne so dirty. They they have close ups on them where they look like they've eaten paste for the last fifteen <laughs> years. Like they're just like open jaw like. Like, they're listening, but, like, they did not – why Why are we showing them? Why are we giving them the most unflattering close-ups I've seen on television? I have to give them credit because there are many, many a picture of me just sitting there with, like, my mouth open. Oh, fuck. I should be engaged with my face. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. I like Twyla's opening statement better than Chris's. Yeah. Twyla was like, my goal was to come here and win a million dollars to better my life and my son's. I did a lot of things I'm not proud of. I did I did a lot here, but sometimes I didn't do enough to justify what I did. What sucks is Twyla's strategy is better than Chris's. Uh-huh. And Twyla is just a bad messenger of that strategy. Tell me more. This Twyla's strategy through the game is very cutthroat. Which I, I said earlier in the season, I don't think that's who Twyla is as a person. But abrasive, I think, is who Twyla is as a person. It seems like Twyla may have had a very difficult life from little glimpses we get of, like, you know, Jeff kind of brings up in the reunion how much she needed the money more than other people. Mm-hmm. That she's working seven days a week, three jobs. She is the epitome of 
blue collar in an environment that, I mean, like, sure, Chris is too, but it seems like Twyla has had a very different life from most of the contestants we have seen on Survivor. Yeah. Everyone wants a million dollars. That money is life-changing. I don't think we've ever heard anybody say that they need the million dollars. That is fair. Twyla talks about it as a need. And that story of I am somebody who is who has worked hard my entire life. I've gotten the shit beat out of me. I came here to play an honest game, but at some point that wasn't going to win me the game and I made a choice. Mm-hmm. And she's right. And she's right. But she Twyla has been fighting this is my take on her. Twyla is someone that has been fighting her entire life. Twyla is somebody that like those some of those fights were probably fights that she had to fight. Some of those fights might not have been fights she had to fight. She actually reminds me a lot of my mother in that way. She can't turn that fight instinct off. The moment she is challenged, she is swinging. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say she's a bad messenger of it. Okay. Great story. Not great at the messaging of it, which is what all... That's what Final Tribal is. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then we get into the the question section, and boy, did nobody pull punches here. We we start with Eliza, and boy, right off the bat, congrats to Twyla. You were a deceptive lying bitch. I do not envy your life, and like she's like, I this is what I expected out of you. This is kind of the nastiest it gets, in my opinion. I think Twi- I think Eliza is the only one who brings up out of life like out of game circumstances i think sarge's was pretty nasty too i agree however it was one of those things where like i didn't truly feel like sarge believed it Mm. i don't know maybe eliza just has so much more vitriol in her voice and like those two women obviously don't respect each other and Mm -hmm. fucking hate each other and i think there's a lot of classism in that too which wasn't something that we had brought up earlier in the season mostly i'm surprised the season doesn't highlight that any of that earlier i don't remember any confessionals with twyla with her, maybe she just isn't comfortable talking about it, but like talking about a poor upbringing, talking about like things being hard at home. Like, even for us to get some insight into what her motivating factor is. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't blame her on that either. If people were like pushing me on, like, why are you here? Why is your life so bad? I would be like, no, I, my life's not bad. I have a great home. I have a great family. I have. No, I know, but everyone should be asked early in the season why 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 are you here yeah and maybe her answers wasn't very good like you can't draw blood from a stone but it is kind of a shame this kind of comes out of left field um eliza saying i don't envy your life is fucked up that's fucked up yeah yeah but then she goes on to like turn it on chris it was essentially i expected this of you Chris, you shocked me. I did not know you were a deceptive lying bitch, too. I, Eliza's, yeah, these questions, her comments at the beginning are basically like, well, 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 what do I have in front of me here? A couple of deceptive lying bitches. Now apologize to me, is her question. Apologize to me. I don't hate it. Okay. I don't hate it as a question. Um, I think Eliza's motivations for it are petty and kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. But the question of like, or the, the, it's not a question. The right. the statement of 
apologize mm-hmm. can tell you a lot about somebody. That is true. And it tells us a lot about both these people right off the bat. Which, I mean, we've known these people, but it 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 sets the table for what the rest of the final tribal is with Twyla going, no. This is where Twyla got God. This is this is where and, like, and this is this is where Twyla needs to be a better messenger of her own story. You can you can apologize for being mean or being taking it over the top. You know, you I, your apology can be I got swept up in the game. Mm-hmm. I made it way too personal. I'm sure that you are a lovely person. We do not have the same life. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. Like, some version of that would be fine. Instead, it's immediately defensive and, no, fuck you. No, I didn't say those things. I don't owe you an apology. Yeah. Twyla's answer was basically, uh, I never said anything bad about you except for all those bad things I said. (laughs) And then Chris, in a stunning turn of events, is like, I do. I owe you an apology. I am sorry. I am sorry I hurt you so much. And the look from Twyla was like, you... This bitch right here. Fucker. Well, I guess we're not standing up to the jury now, are we? And this is the turning point. Uh Uh-huh. I actually did kind of believe Chris's answer here. Oh, I think that this is... This is Chris, like, doing what he thinks is right. But it also hinges on the fact that he just let Twyla walk into a board and she did it hook line and sinker and now he's like ah i can be the angel yeah well and i mean like this is what i mean by so twyla tells an abrasive truth Mm -hmm. whereas chris tells a convenient mostly truth like there's more to it than what chris says yep i'm sure there's part of it too that's like hey you could have beat me i'm worried you could have beat me this person sitting next to me right now i I, I think I can beat more than I could beat you. It's not something you say. You don't need to say it. So you just say the part that, that she wants to hear. Hey, yeah, I hurt your feelings. Shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Oops. And he's not lying. No. He's just only telling the parts that are helpful to his story. He's very he's lawyering the lawyer. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So then we, we go to Julie, and she's crying immediately. She's like, I promise I wouldn't cry. <laughs> okay. She's like, I thought I'd get one sentence out. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Twyla, no offense, I'm either voting for or against Chris, so, like, you could sit down. I wish more jury members would say something like that, if that's how they feel. It does happen a lot. Okay, good. Because that, like, don't pretend. Like, if it is about one of them either getting or losing your vote, just say that. Yeah. Chris, I helped you, and you hurt my feelings. Like, why did you doll it up so much? Why more did you make... More importantly, I helped you when I had nothing to gain yeah. from doing so. I was in such a good place. Why did you make it... Like, you you didn't have to make me feel so good and then, like, to crush me. Like, you could have just cut my throat and I would have been like, okay, cool. But you made me feel like you're, we were siblings and then suddenly you cut me when it was convenient. What the fuck? I mean, I fully believe Chris here. I don't think he had his mind made up until he walked in that booth. Yeah. He he said, he, I lied, and I'll let my heart get in the way. I, I played the game. I, I truly looked at you like a little sister, and it, I, I got caught up, and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And just the difference with all these is Chris. Chris has an energy of, look what this game made me do. Look what it made like, me do. Like, we all got swept up in this. 
none of us were prepared for this. Whereas Twyla has, fuck it, I do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll blow it again. Yeah. And that's... (sighs) There's something to be said for that. Like, but it's just, it doesn't work for her. It doesn't... It works for somebody who can feel no shame. It works for a Johnny Fairplay. It doesn't work for Twyla. (laughs) I agree. We move on to Leanne. Leanne, you uh, you reinforced your alliance by swearing on your son. When you brought in Julie over... Oh, sorry. This is her response. She's like, when you brought in Julie over Scout, I saw the writing on the wall. I saw that, like, I was in trouble down the line. I could have stuck with this alliance or... And been number four. And been number four or make this play and get where I am. That's her best answer of this entire thing. Was she proud of it? No, but here we are. Yeah. No, I think that's that's her best answer of this entire... Of the entire final tribal. And I don't think she had a bad final tribal. So when I called this final tribal the antithesis to the All-Stars final tribal, Mm -hmm. the All-Stars final tribal was... Oh, so holier than thou it was it was so fuck you how dare you do this to me this tribal felt like hey you hurt me so much why did you do that not i'm better than you and i should be sitting there more i i don't understand how this happened tell me does that make sense i it does and i see what you're saying but i i think People looked at Chris as more of that, and people looked at Twyla as more, you are horrible, I am better than you. I, yes. Even if it wasn't said, the the outline of it felt like that. Well, I think part of that, too, is like, hey, we didn't have a bond. Or we they might have a bond, but we didn't have an alliance with Chris. Yeah. We didn't expect Chris to vote with us. He never said he was going to. So for a lot of them, that betrayal wasn't as stark. I mean, he didn't betray Sarge or I forgot his name already. Chad. Chad. I keep on calling him Todd. I don't know why. <laughs> it just feels like a Todd to me. One leg Todd. One... <laughs> like a one-legged man in a bucketing contest. <laughs> That's what my dad always says. Um, I, but like even the vitriol thrown at I mean, this is at uh, Twyla. Maybe this is just a difference in the way that. Um, talking in very broad strokes here, but like women are more likely to talk about their emotions and be okay talking about their emotions. It like Amy didn't come at Twyla and say, you're the worst thing ever Mm -hmm. door shut. She didn't big Tom her. Yeah. She said, Hey, she didn't do a psych and pull a hand back. She said like, Hey, you were super shitty to me. Defend it. Yeah. Okay. For everyone but Eliza. <laughs> and Eliza rightfully so, because that, that whole grudge. There, there was a lot there that was un, unnecessary and outside of the game grossness. And again, I think had to do a lot with class, too. So there was a question for Chris, but it was so underwhelming both in the question and the answer that I was like, I don't know. He preserved. That's why I deserve to win the game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was Chris's weakest answer of this entire tribal. Amy. Amy's like, hey, what attributes put me here and you there? I lied. This is Chris's worst answer. <laughs> this is the most pandery bullshit I've ever heard. Not a not a word of this was genuine. It was... It's weird, because it's like, it's not a bad answer, 
where he's like, you let your guard down. He didn't believe it. And that was your demise. He didn't believe it. Yeah. But it's not a bad answer. No, if you can believe it. <laughs> oh, I also didn't, I, we kind of breezed past it, but uh, Chris's answer to Julie's question, I really loved. Mm. Like, I don't think, I think and in that moment, Chris forgot he was on Survivor. Like, I, I'm being a little facetious. I'm sure that was still in the back of his head. But his speech of, like, no, like, because Julie comes to him and is like, hey, was anything that we ever felt genuine? Are you a human? Like, what is this? Well, I mean, the question is, did you play me? Like, were you manipulating me the entire time? Mm -hmm. And his answer is like, of like, no, you are like a little sister to me. And, like, he gets to tears. Like, you don't, you can't fake that. I mean, you can. Some people can. <laughs> Brian can. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I I bought it. Okay. And I thought it was a really powerful answer. Yeah. Uh, we also go on, like, Twyla talks to Amy a little bit and apologizes for the sun comment. Uh, I'm colder and harder, and I have it in me, and you don't. That was cold. It was pretty cold. And, like... It's kind of the God, God's honest truth. Yeah. No, she's like, you know what? I did what I had to do to get here, and I don't think you would have done it. Yeah. Which is weird, because of the people there, I think she was the one who would have done I it. I also think she was the one who would have <laughs> done it. I, God, that was Twyla's best answer, too. And I think that's what got her Amy's vote. She looked her dead in the eyes. She said, you are not cutthroat. I am. Yeah. I cut your throat. I cut that throat real good. That's what it is. I respect the fuck out of that about Twyla. I absolutely respect that about Twyla. Twyla didn't bullshit anyone in that tribal council. No. Even when she was like, you know what? I got got and like Chris is being a little wimp about it. But I'm going to keep like speaking my God's honest truth here. It is, might lose me this game. It, it is interesting, though, what Amy says. I think at the reunion, maybe... I remember, maybe it was Amy. I can't remember. But somebody says something along the lines of, like, you would lie on your son's name for a million dollars, but you wouldn't lie at tribal council for it. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. And I just think it has to more to do with the intensity of final tribal and the length at which you're answering questions. But and... I would much rather it happen that way. Because if you're, if you're lying at final tribal council where you're like, no, I didn't do that, everyone can see through it. Yeah. Yep. Like, own up to your lies. Yeah. That's the way you have to do it. Because I think if you try to lie your way through Final, final Tribal, like, People the jury's been comparing notes yeah. for weeks. Mm -hmm. you're, you're fucked. You're absolutely fucked. Chad asks, what changed you? What what in this experience has changed you? Chad, just say you're writing down Chris's name. It doesn't, you, like, you're, yeah. clearly your question here is not trying to figure out who you're voting for. Twyla's like, hey, I I need to ease up. I'm I'm a little hard and I'm quick to judge. And that it showed a lot in this. And Chris is like, hey, seeing the genuine qualities that people have, have for a million dollars, like what people do for a million dollars shows a little bit more about who they are than just normal life. And, and then he puffs up the jury a little, bit, a little bit by being like, and you all weren't able to put away that side of yourselves because you're good people and we're bad people. The two of us are the worst of us for being here. Okay. It's kind of a good answer. <laughs> I yes. love how much we disagree in this. I know, literally Bible. everything we're, we're, <laughs> we, are, we are disagreeing on. about what I think we're disagreeing about what is effective. Yeah. 
because I that that line felt so rehearsed. It's mm-hmm. not a bad answer, but so much else of this final tribal, Chris, it feels very fluid and very like in the moment, and that felt like that felt like a stump speech. It was kind of weird to me. This whole tribal council feels a little bizarro because it it does like it gets intense and people are very tough and some people respect that and some people don't. You know what I love about this final tribal and mm-hmm. why I, I I said why I was the antithesis of all stars. I think I have a better way of putting it. Nobody was doing it for the camera. That yeah, that's I see that everyone in all stars was doing it for the camera. Mm-hmm. Nobody in that jury or Chris or Twyla were answering those questions for the jury. They were, or for the cameras, they were answering them for each other. Yep. Sarge, this is where I'm like, boy, this gets real personal. Sarge, what the fuck? I never want to see you again. You need the million dollars, and that's why I'm going to vote for you. But is that the price tag to cast your son's name straight to hell? And so I was like, no. She's answered this 27 times. Yeah. I'm sorry about it, but... I can't go back and change it. Sorry. Uh, and then ask Chris, are we still friends now that I'm voting for Twyla? Yeah. And Chris is like, yeah, we'll see you at the, the racetrack. That's a great answer by Chris. Like, and again, genuine. Like, yep, our friendship was genuine. I, cool. I'll see you at the races. So, Jared, for someone who got on someone else for lying... He lies. I think it's a good lie. So I actually wrote down at this point because it, it seemed a little. I was like, "This is suspect." It's very, it's very suspect, and it was, it was for show. But like, I was, man, part of me was wondering if that was done for Chris's benefit at the time, where I was like, "Is he, is he just using this to like punch down at Twyla and elevate Chris?" I think part of that's true. I also liked what he said when he, when he did vote for Chris. It was like, "Hey." I want to make sure our friendship was genuine. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. Okay. Like, this is someone you want to spend time with on the outside world. All right. That's a good way to test them, I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, finally, Scout. Twyla, you can bullshit very much. You you can't not be Twyla. Yep. Or you can't Yeah, bullshit. you can't you can't bullshit yeah. very much. Chris, you are bullshit up to your ears. I don't disagree, but I don't agree. What do you do? <laughs> Chris is better at being political, but also Scout's Scout is just trying to make Twyla's case for her. Mm-hmm. And I think Scout does a better job at making Twyla's case than Twyla has through most of this final tribal. Yeah. Scout also has a, an iota of control in this, and Twyla does not. Correct. The Twyla's biggest downfall is she can't be genuine without also being kind of mean. I don't think that's true. Or maybe not genuine is the right word. She can't be polite and truthful. Because, like, rather than just, like, there's so many other ways to tell someone that you don't agree with them or don't think they've played a great game than to say shit like they don't deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. There are better ways of saying, yep, I lied to you and it worked than saying, get over it, screw you. Yeah. Like, your words matter on Survivor. They absolutely do. 
And you are choosing the harshest ones possible to make points that don't have to be that harsh and are actively burning bridges. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Twyla's tribal council was lost before she came in. Probably. And un- unfortunately, there was not a whole lot that I think could be said to redeem those things, particularly with the jury that there is. Yes. Twyla's closing remarks, however, were very good. Yeah, so final words, Twyla's like, I didn't come here to intentionally lie. My word is good back home. I, I, Everyone who knows me knows that. I was here to better my life. I was selfish and self-centered. It turned me into somebody that I don't like. Sarge, your words killed me. It wasn't the game I intended to play. It was the game that played me. If I was on that jury, mind you, I didn't play the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't live there. That would have gotten Twyla's vote from me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Probably. And then... Which is funny because I spent all this time saying that Chris has maybe the best final tribal we've seen thus far. But that closing remark is is amazing. I mean, it, it is, that is... That is the most vulnerable Twyla has been this entire season. And it really is a window into somebody that was desperate to win the million dollars and yet has never been in a position where they've had to hurt people for their personal gain, Mm -hmm. maybe for their values, maybe for spite, but not because it benefited them and how, how much that affected them. Twyla is the kind of person I would want in my corner. Twyla is no nonsense. Like I will stand up for what I believe in and you're right. I think the game conflicted that. I don't know if Twilight's the kind of person I would want in my corner because I think I don't always want somebody that's all or nothing. I, and, like, especially somebody who, God, they're great to have when they agree with you. But, God forbid, they come to a different conclusion than you do about something or somebody. That's fair. Anyway, uh, Chris kind of goes around and he panders to everyone he's like he goes down the line and he's like julie i I brought your hat eliza you deserve this more than me amy and leanne i snuck in because of other people because of twyla yeah because of twyla chad and sarge you're my friends no matter what uh vote with your heart and feel good about it that's the line that i'm like there it is it was a little canned but i think addressing every member of the jury at the end is a good idea it is Surprise! more people haven't done it. Yeah. Seems really basic. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about for this final tribal? Any any closing thoughts? No, I mean, I'll say that my... So my suspicions on the votes were... I took Sarge at his word, even though I thought it was a little too cute. I was like, maybe. Uh, so I had Sarge and Scout down for Twyla. And I had Eliza, Julie, Amy, and Chad down for Chris. With Leanne kind of hovering the middle because she's so hard to get a read on. Mm-hmm. But I was leaning towards Chris. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we we end tribal. Jeff takes his machete and a torch and walks through the jungle. Apparently for at least a, a night because yeah. he starts chopping when it's night and then he walks into the field during the day. Yep. Walks into the field. There's a plane there. He gets in the plane. They go to Hawaii and then on to LA where I guess he skydives. So we Steve and I watch this together. We watch all the finales together, I think. We do now. Uh, well, okay. Um, when he got on the plane, I went, I jokingly was like, 
what the fuck's he gonna do? Parachute in? <laughs> I was doing everything in my power to keep it together because it was so funny, so stupid. Because then he puts on the jumpsuit, like not literally ten seconds later. I oh, like, I think it was less than that. I that's some dumb. Uh, that's borderline anime bullshit. It's stupid. And there was an article where Jeff talks about how stupid and campy these were, but it was there was purpose that it was supposed to be fun and stupid and campy oh yeah i mean nobody is able to suspend their disbelief that they think jeff walked through the jungle for maybe days to get to an airplane to fly back to la and it took six months i guess yeah so he jumps out of the out of the plane he parachutes in and then hops on a motorcycle that's conveniently waiting for him didn't you know that motorcycles grow in the desert that's true i'm so sorry how could i forget which he drives all the way onto the studio lot and then just walks in for the for the reading. Which, obviously, they pre-taped him driving onto the lot. Yeah. He was waiting backstage. But how funny would it be if they hadn't been, if they, like, ran out of time or whatever, and like, okay, cool, we'll have you, you'll have you motorcycle in real quick, and he, got, like, got fucking hit by a car or something. <laughs> <laughs> so then he walks in, he has the votes, and he's like, all right, that was brutal. Like, that was a hard final tribal council, but you both deserved it. And I'm like, Jesus, Jeff. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I feel like that's what he wanted to say last season, except he loves Boston Rob so much that he couldn't bring himself to say it. Yep. And then we read, and Chris wins 5-2, to two, and oh, there's a swear. Let's cut out the swear from the live television broadcast. Yeah. That's I, why they delay it by a minute. Yeah. Um, I, I was right in the count, 5-2. to 5-2 to two was right. But Sarge for Chris and Amy for Twyla. Amy. And I, I give it to Amy. The respect to be like, yeah, no nonsense. There I love go. that about her. Yeah, I do too. I, Amy, I like Amy. I'm excited to see her in Micronesia. Yeah. So we've gone for probably longer than I anticipated here. But do you have any final thoughts about this season? It's so backloaded. It is. There's so much they could have shown us earlier to make the season more interesting that they just didn't, either they didn't know how to, or they didn't want to, or they thought other things were more important. It's bizarre to me that Eliza gets so much screen time. I love Eliza. I think she's great. I'm excited to see her in Micronesia. She gets so much screen time so early. It feels like we could have pushed some of that back a little bit. I know she was the other vote for a little while, but like, there's just so much more going on. It sucks that like half the guys or more weren't really that interesting to me. It is good that the one guy who I thought was interesting ended up making it to the end and then winning. <laughs> like it would have sucked. It would have been like fucking Sarge and Chad at the end or something. I, I like the season a lot. I, it is weird that I do think it's better on a rewatch than on a first watch. Okay. I mean, I haven't rewatched it. I but mean, you're right. Thinking back to those early episodes, like watching those dynamics at play would be really cool of like Twyla and Amy and all that stuff. And the failure of the show to actually show it to us at the time is kind of wild. And that's kind of what I'm realizing on the rewatch is that it is cool, but it does misdirect you with a lot of information that you're like, that went nowhere. That, yeah. There was a lot of things that were built up to just fall flat. And I, I think Survivor, at least at this point, has a hard time telling stories based on emotion mm -hmm. and not gameplay. 
or emotion like between contestants and has a harder time with women as the protagonists. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that once Chris becomes the protagonist of the season because of his position is when it starts getting interesting. Okay. Because they're better at editing that, unfortunately. Okay. So I'm I'm just going to highlight what we're going to do here cuz we're we're at the 145 mark. Hell yeah. And I would like to one get your rankings cuz mm-hmm. we have to update those. Yep. And then two, let's speed run the the reunion. Okay. And then end it there. We won't get cool. to emails today, but Bummer. we will talk about them. Maybe we'll put that in the bonus episode. Yeah, we could do that. So, season ranking. I have your season rankings right here. We have Amazon as your number one, Pearl Islands, Marquesas, Borneo, All-Stars, Australian Outback, Africa, Thailand for one through eight. Where where are you putting your now Vanuatu? And I can read that again if you need me to. Yeah, one more time. Amazon is your number one, mm-hmm. Pearl Islands number two, Marquesas number three, Borneo four, All-Stars five, Outback, Africa, Thailand. I think this is my – I think this is ahead of Marquesas. Okay. Yeah. I I would rather have a season that ends strong and starts a little weak, and this season ends stronger than most, if not all. So that really only puts what uh, Pearl Islands and Amazon above it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Just make me think I, maybe I need to put Borneo above Marquesas, but it's weird because Borneo just gets the farther away you are from Borneo, the better it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. The Borneo is better as a memory. <laughs> <laughs> and did you want to update your winner picks? I do. Okay. Then let's throw that in there. Your winners, as of right now, your number one winner is Amber. Yeah. That's you're, staying that way. Okay. Your number two winner, Hatch, Sandra, Brian, Vesepia, Jenna, Tina, Ethan. Wow. Who's after Rich? Sandra. Sandra. Sandra Bryan. Yeah. I, I, think, I see where I would put it, but I, I think wanna... Chris is number two. I think Chris is only behind Over Amber. Hatch? Okay. Yeah, I think he's better than Hatch. I mean, it's hard because Hatch is like the OG. He's the yeah. king. And... Hatch will forever be an unknown because because we we can't bring Hatch back at this point. Well, that too, but also because he will, like he didn't really get a fair shake in All Stars as a winner and like the Godfather of Survivor. Yeah. So nor should he. No. Yeah. Exactly. Who knows how he would have done by se- in, if his first season was season ten? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that Amber's the only winner higher than Chris. Okay. And I think part of that has to like. God, this, the circumstances of the season are so hard. It is so – this season is so not typical <laughs> Survivor. But he he was in such a bad position, and, and he didn't – still somehow made he, it there. He didn't play perfect, but he played pretty fucking good. He did. He, he made a lot of good moves, a lot of moves that, like, could have got him got but didn't, and somehow came back from the brink. Is that where you would have put him? I think if not there, just behind Hatch. That's what I was struggling with. I was struggling with either two, two or three. But yeah, I yeah. think I think ahead of Hatch in my mind. I think it's it's hard to underrate what Sandra did because Sandra did play a pretty solid game. But I think 
his moves were so much bigger and had so much more to lose. He, yeah, that's the thing is he had a steeper hill to climb than Sandra. Yeah. And that's not Sandra's fault. No, not at all. You can only play the game that you're given. And we'll see both of well, we'll see Sandra again. Do we see Chris again? We do not see Chris again. Wait, really? He doesn't come back for Winners at War? He does not come back for Winners at War. Wow. This is the last we see of Chris, which is honestly shocking because he he did. He played a, a pretty good game. Yeah. And I, I wonder if part of it is that he took a lot of heat and just like wanted to distance himself, but he doesn't. Honestly, that's a king move. Come in as Survivor, win, <laughs> refuse to elaborate, never be seen again. Uh, I'm assuming Twyla doesn't come back. Twyla also does not come back. Yeah, no, that one does not surprise me. No, Twyla, I think, could have come back. I could see them putting Twyla forward because she would work well for a Heroes vs. Villains kind of a situation. Oh, 100%. Um, but she does. So remember a while ago when I'm like, yeah, so Johnny Fairplay goes and plays Fear Factor with a future Survivor contestant. Is it Twyla? It's Twyla. <gasps> with... A villain, a big villain that Survivor, like, brings. Hilarious. It is pretty funny. And she is not Johnny Fairplay. And no. just the the two playing off of each other is so weird. It's, it has to be. Because I also don't feel like Johnny Fairplay is the kind of person that Twyla would like. No. <laughs> no. And I think they butt heads a little bit during it, too. Yeah, that makes sense. And... It, she, I can tell that she's uncomfortable with the idea that she is a villain, and reality mm. TV is like bringing her forward as this villain. Yeah, because it's not really her. Twilight was not made for reality TV. Yeah. So let's speed run this reunion. Okay. Do you have any any things that jump out to you right away? Scout, there, okay, go ahead. Scout still is such a fucking hypocrite, being on like the, oh, ev like so much self righteousness uh, from I don't remember. I think it was about Twyla. Oh yeah, it was about Twyla's lie. I'm like Scout, you're the most fucking self righteous person on this show. <laughs> like you're right, but you're also a massive fucking hypocrite. You're right, but you're not the messenger for this. Correct. Uh, Jeff saying, going after Sarge, being like, well, you you. You went after Twyla for hearsay. You weren't even on the island when when that lie happened. Jeff, it's not hearsay if everyone agrees it happened. Like, hearsay means that, like, it like he said, she said kind of thing. Like, it's not, like, Twyla's not denying it. Twyla has straight up said, yes, I did that, and I'm sorry. No longer hearsay at that point, my guy. Uh, I, there was so much talk of, like, why is it so hard for women to stick together? It's hard to keep any alliance together. It is. It really is. Like, this isn't Borneo. The, people have figured out that they don't want to be the, the last one on the bottom rung of the alliance. That's not a mystery. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to have anyone together when you know that at some point you have to cannibalize. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to be like, but there's that person right there who I can make it sure that I don't get cannibalized. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I was disgusted at their their promo leading to commercial for Twyla being like, will, will, anyone, will any of our contestants look Twyla in the eye? 
find out after this commercial break. Like, have yeah. people forgiven her? Like, why are we hyping that up? Like, first of all, as we've talked about all episode, fucking sick of that storyline. Yeah. Second of all, we're just we're we're deciding whether or not people will ever like talk to her or respect her again as the tagline leading into a commercial. <laughs> Fuck off with that. Uh, Leanne is great. It's every time Leanne talked, I was like, that's cool. I wish we saw more Leanne. Um, Chris fucked Julie up. <laughs> Julie was questioning the very fabric of reality after watching <laughs> that season. Also, we get a lot of Julie, which I'm glad you told me that Jeff and her started dating because, like, it, at some points, it just feels like a Julie interview. Isn't that weird how we get, like, six questions to Julie? Yeah, weird how that works. Almost nothing from the non-jury members. Like, yeah. we, at the end, we go through, like, a, hey, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? How's your life? But, like, up until that point, nothing, nothing. from anyone that wasn't on the jury except, like, one thing to Rory. Chad, the Chad bit about showing he was too well adjusted with his prosthetic was very funny. <laughs> it was, it was like, hey, wait, guys, no, this is impressive. Come on, give me some credit. Yeah. Um, Scout gave me a little bit of Moira Rose. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. I see. If you don't know that reference, that is from Shit's Creek. Of it, It's a family that was unbelievably wealthy, and then suddenly they realized that their tax accountant, like, took all their money and ran away, and so they have to live in, like... Normal Smaller. people, yeah. yeah, and boy, I I see it uh -huh. where she's just, but she's not that, but she's her own kind of weird. Yeah, it's just that kind of like out of touch. Like she's so completely out of touch with everything around her at all times, and I kind of love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and I really, truly do believe next season will have hidden immunity idols because they said they're, Jeff said, like, the game's going to change dramatically in the first 10 minutes. And, like, that feels like what you would do. And I know it's coming eventually. Mm -hmm. So, like, hey, guys, somewhere on your island is a hidden immunity idol that you don't have to tell anyone about and you can play at any tribal council up to the final five. Yeah, that, that pretty radically changes the fucking game. Yeah. that They do say, like, whatever... This big new twist is going to happen in the first 10 minutes of the show. And in it does. Palau. In Palau. Yeah. And it looks gorgeous. Like, the, the trailer for Palau is really cool. Oh, it's gorgeous. And it's, the the emblem art for it mm -hmm. is also really good. The tagline of where, like, this war met this untouched, beautiful land is pretty great. Ah, island hopping. I think that's great. What a wild time. What a wild time. Not when the were, island hopping. No, I mean, yeah, but, like, fighting World War II, fighting over specks of land... Because they were big enough to build an airstrip and no other reason. Yeah, correct. Is a crazy thing in history. <laughs> yeah, it was, what was wild to me is, one, Jeff goes in on Chris almost immediately. Yeah. And also goes in on Twyla. And we do cut to Twyla's son. Like, yeah, I mean. She, oh, yeah. She don't did what bring, she had to do. Don't bring his fuck, her fucking son into this. You had to. You had. No, you didn't. Like, the okay. Johnny Fairplay's grandmother, mm -hmm. yes, you had to, because no one on the show knew about that until the reunion. Like, that's a very different scenario, because nobody knew he was lying until they saw it on TV. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew Twyla lied right away. We're done. Yep. We have talked it to death. It is... Also, like, why is it his responsibility? If somebody swears on my name, that's their problem. Yeah. So... 
all of these loans that have been taken out in your name, I should. That vote. is that is fraud. <laughs> that is not a promise. That is uh, that is something we need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I think you covered the big ones. I I don't know. I I once again I've defended Sarge a lot in the early season, and we've kind of weirdly flipped, not fully flipped, but I think Sarge. The end kind of bummers me to Sarge. Yeah. Because I feel like he he talks so much shit about how Twyla is, like, absolutely wrong and how she's a horrible person, but then, like, just tries to take this high ground of, yes, I was in the military for this long, and I don't really... I'm not really adjusted to normal people and normal life. I was like, I don't know, man. I, do you know... Have you ever been around somebody who's been in the military a long time? Yeah. Okay. Mom's fiance has been in the National Guard basically his entire adult life, and yeah, it it... it completely warps your brain it is it's an adjustment but also there is i don't think that's an excuse oh for being no like, not at all i i am holier than thou oh no 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 i'm not giving sarge a pass i just uh i thought it was interesting that he was self-reflective enough on that that yeah. he was like oh holy shit i don't know how people work huh yeah. and the whole like yeah th- like there are orders what do you mean Honestly, I'm not saying that this is the case. It was almost a little, like, autism-coded to me of, like, wait, people are allowed to break rules? What? But learned behavior from the military instead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then just a few wrap-up notes in that everyone was like, yeah, put me back in. All the early votes were like, yeah, (laughs) I want to go again. Mark Burnett, put me back in. Every time one of them talked about wanting to come back in, I would look at Steve and go, but they did not come back. <laughs> but they did not indeed. Yeah. People got married. Uh, Dolly got a lot of sheep. Dolly got a lot of sheep. Travis lost weight and kept it off. Good for him. Cool. I did notice that, I, I kind of forget about this too, how much weight people lose over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, Rupert, it was fucking obvious. But like, Chris wasn't that obvious. It happened pretty gradually. So when we see him at the reunion, I'm like, oh, Wow, yeah, that's right. That's him at his normal weight. Jesus, okay. Yep. Oh, and Chris gets married to his then-fiancé. They get married at the Daytona Speedway. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Woo! That's ridiculous. I love it. Well, then, unless you have any final words, let's let's get out of this. Unless you have any more where are they now for Chris or Twyla? Honestly, no. Okay. Chris has stayed out of the spotlight. Twyla stayed out of the spotlight post the Fear Factor episode. Sure. And I would love to hear more about them, and I'm sure fans have some stuff. There, There is some tragic stuff with Chris's family, but it's, mm. like, more personal stuff and nothing, like, to him personally. Sure. So I'm like, I'm going to leave that out of it. All right. So, cool. Bumper. That'll do it for this season of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Wow, that was a long episode, Jared. Yeah. That was two hours of us talking. It's almost like they jam-packed all of the good stuff into the back half of this season. Yeah, it do be like that. Yeah. Anything you like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote not living somewhere where it's fucking negative 30-degree wind chills. Yeah, that that breeze off the lake. That'll get you. Whew, it's brutal. Oof. It's... 
when I see frost on my window and I'm like, oh no, I, I, it's cold outside. Don't make me go outside. I mean, listen, I, I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. Talking about weather is the seventh circle of hell uh, <laughs> for podcasting. But it is so cold outside that if you are outside for more than I think it's like ten minutes with exposed skin, you are a, you are a frostbite risk. Yep, that's ungodly. I would like to stay indoors. I cannot stay indoors tomorrow. Let's hope my boiler works. Yeah, that also is a thing. I got a text while we were recording that they are fixing the boiler in my building. So when I go home, I might just freeze to death. Do you have radiator heat? Yeah. Okay, that should be fine though. How do you think a radiator? I thought the radi- the individual radiator does it, not just the boiler, right? No. no the it- boiler pumps hot water through the building. Oh, uh, okay. I thought the radiator did that work. No. No. Well, then. The radiator just regulates it. Fuck me, I guess. No, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to promote you guys once again. Like, Thank you all for hanging out with us. Thank you for doing this. Review for- us. Ups and downs. We're, we just started that Survivor subreddit, so it's Survivor TBT Podcast. So if you want to go r slash Survivor TBT Podcast, it's up. It's, I'm still working on it to fine-tune the kinks, but that will be up and running. I will con- like a leather kink? I'm going to continue. I'm just going to go that. daddy kink? I, we're going to continue pushing. We're going to keep growing and move on to season 10. 10 seasons, Jared. That's crazy to me. A year and a half. Yep. And then final housekeeping notes, we are taking our week break. Give us some some time to like relax, especially after this one where we were like, Ooh. oh boy. We we put in a lot of effort and a lot of uh a lot of time over breaks and things. Yeah. So I would like we're gonna take that week. We're gonna enjoy some football. We'll put the bonus episode out in that week, right? I don't remember how we usually do it. No, no. okay, it's the next week. Okay. Yeah, cool. we get a full week bonus episode. You we'll upload st- them. I just then we'll start the next <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm trying to be transparent with you guys. We're going to take a week. We're going to have the bonus episode, and then we'll jump into Palau. Palau, your mom. <laughs> my co-host, Jared. This is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. What a note to end on. Like an Xbox 360 Call of Duty game chat. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>